This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are going to be talking about the NBA playoffs and the NBA draft. We'll start off with playoff talk. Can the Pelicans defeat the Warriors? Then we'll go into our reoccurring segment, the Wet Boys segment of the week. Then we'll go to two draft topics. We're talking the needs for the Sacramento Kings and the needs for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Before we jump into those topics, though, a little bit of housekeeping. Check out patreon.com slash most valuable podcast. We had two Patreons last week. We had uh, coming on to the, uh, the, the, the podcast. Yeah, I the can't podcast. Talk today. Uh, Pat coming in to talk about Trey Young. And then we had Jake talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so if you want to be on any of our podcasts, whether it's the Onside Kick, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, the Patreon Podcast, the Fast Break, or the Primetime Podcast, head over to patreon.com slash most valuable podcast and check out the $10 tier. Also, if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. We love and appreciate the support. We need it if we are going to grow, and we appreciate all the growth we've seen in the past month. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit, for hit, for, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the content that we have coming out. And also, go check out mostofpodcast.com. You can find our uh, shop over there, and you can mm-hmm. buy an MVP t-shirt uh, if you feel so inclined to. But, boys, let's jump into the first topic, and we're talking about the matchup between the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans, the two versus six matchup out west. The question is, after the crazy sweep of the New Orleans Pelicans over the Trailblazers and with Steph Curry being banged up, the question is, do the New Orleans Pelicans have enough to take down the Golden State Warriors? Honestly, it's a weird situation. I want to say yes so bad to this question. Uh, The thing that kills me is Steph Curry's health. I don't know for a fact that he's not going to play um, throughout this series. It's... Mm -hmm. If it was He's like, questionable for game one. Right. Questionable game one. And I feel like that's really gonna set the tone. Like if the Pelicans come out and play crushing defense and you know lock them down and win convincingly in game one, I think that sends the whole series into like this weird, like I'm not gonna say panic mode for the Warriors, but like it definitely takes them back a step because this is a Warriors team that's loaded beyond belief. The expectation is one healthy, they're the best team in the league. And now you're getting a game taken off you by the freaking Pelicans. A team, you know, who Honestly, he's played incredibly well in the playoffs. I just, I think the the weird matchup for me is always going to be, you know, how are the guard play going to match up again? Rondo and Drew locked down CJ and Dame in round one. What can they do in round two? Well, for me, it's a simple, and the reason why I let you go first, Dave, is no, they're not. And the reason why is I am going to make a prediction. Steph Curry will play game one. Oh, like the re you don't you don't come back to practice like he is. To sit out game one. Like, the questionable thing, I'm thinking New England Patriots on the NFL side where it's like, you know, Tom's questionable for this one. No, Steph's going to play. The plan has always been for, like, he looked good yesterday. They said that they were going to have him practice today as we're recording this on Friday. See how that goes. I think it's gearing up for him to play game one. And if Steph Curry plays this series, Pelicans might win a game. But it's not going to be a Pelicans win in this series. I don't know about that. I think maybe you, I think we should probably give the Pelicans a little bit more credit. I don't think they'll win the series if we're asking that mm-hmm. question. 
But can this be a six or seven game series? I think there's without the, Steph, it can't. I think there's well, I, even with Steph, I think there's the ingredients to cook up a possible deep series mm-hmm. for the Warriors and Pelicans. That might be sacrilege because they just lost their first game in the past two years in the playoffs to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think the ingredients are there for the Pelicans. Again, great guard play. We saw what they did. Uh, Alvin Gentry really uh, keying that game plan to stopping the Portland Trailblazers. If Alvin Gentry is able to do that and at least force Steve Kerr to make a change after right. a game. One that's going to be a big thing. Um, the great guard play again for Drew Holiday and Nico Mertic was on fire. Mm-hmm. We look at Anthony Davis again on fire. Um, so I mean they've had you know really great play so far. I think it's just really how will New Orleans come out of the gate after having a long layoff. The question I want to ask though is what do you think is going to be more important? The mismatch that Anthony Davis will have. Um, because, again, there's no center play down low. And also, I mean, Draymond Green, while he's a great defender, I'm going to take seven foot Anthony Davis over 6'9 Draymond Green because Anthony Davis is, you know, a couple inches taller and quicker than Draymond oh, Green. Absolutely. So, I mean, Draymond has more physicality, but I'm taking Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, probably, you know, top five player in the league right now. You could even say top three. So, is the thing that's bigger the Anthony Davis mismatch? Or is it the Steph Curry injury? What's going to cause more storylines? I think it's neither of those. To me, the thing that kind of plays the most the in this is the, <laughs> Appreciate well, it. the reason why the is, I, think, I think there's a Nailed third it. option that you forgot about is there's a mismatch between the Warriors to the Pelicans in general because, yes, Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo played phenomenally. Like, Rondo proved me wrong and made me feel like I forgot playoff about playoff Rondo. Rondo from last year. But Call the it. thing I look at is... You've got Rondo, who's a shorter guy. You've got Drew Holiday, who's 6'4". Yeah, put one of those on Steph Curry. Great. Can play good defense. All right, who's going to guard Clay Thompson? Who's going to guard Ke- uh, Kevin Durant? Are you confident in Nico Maratech being able that's, to that's shut one of mismatch. those down? Like, Drew Holiday being 6'4", it's like Clay's got three, like, what, like he's six seven and then Durant's six nine. They both have a height advantage on Drew. Yeah, I, but Drew has pretty good wingspan. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not super concerned about the guard matchup. I think it really comes down to the mismatch between Nico and KD. Mm-hmm. Like that's one that they can be taken advantage of. I know they're playing, you know, Solomon Hill's getting some minutes. They're rolling each one more out there. Like it's a rotation at each small one's court. small though. That's the thing. I don't know that they yeah. have anyone who can match up to Kevin Durant to slow him down. I don't know if they're gonna have some weird sets where like they're gonna roll Anthony Davis out there on him. I, I'm just. But then who's gonna guard? Um, yeah, I don't. Draymond. Care. Go ahead. Like if Draymond can shoot you through a series this year, mm-hmm. I, he deserves it. Like that. That's my answer. Um, honestly, like that's the matchup because I think what Sean said, like Anthony Davis doesn't have a great. You know, he has he has the advantage over Draymond by far. He can roll through that offense. I'm not super concerned there. Draymond, good defender. I think he he'll probably hold you know Anthony Davis under 30. Mm-hmm. You know, but like it's still Anthony Davis. For me, it's that we as Chicago people we've seen Nico get abused defensively. We know how bad he has been coming off of screens, and no one sets better moving screens than Golden State. So I would it's be all afraid. Pick and roll. It's just I would pick be and roll so afraid day. of Kevin Durant just taking it to Nico. You have to hide him out there in order to not get abused. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you bring up the KD one, and that one really didn't think in my yeah. mind, um, even though well, we're going to talk about him a little bit later for Wet Boys. But I think that's you know another huge mismatch that I didn't even think of. I mean, so you look at this. I mean, we saw great guard play again from uh, from uh, New Orleans, again, shutting down probably yeah. the, one of the best backcourts uh, in, mm-hmm. in the league um, in, in uh, CJ and Dame. And, and Dame. But, again, this is a much more deeper Warrior team. I mean, um, even think of the length of Iguodala and Livingston. 
Chandre mm-hmm. Livendala. Yeah, oh, and JaVale McGee, who's mm-hmm. you know, gotten a ton of minutes, you know, of course. I mean, he's playing in the middle. Uh, again, a seven-footer there. I don't know if he's going to be able to match up with Anthony Davis, but still provides a little more length. Um, it seems like, again, you know, the Pelicans are red hot right now, 4-0, just got off the sweep of, of the Portland. Was that because of the matchup they had against Portland, though, or was that because you honestly think they have the talent to— was, was it just that New Orleans is a better team, or do you think it was just the right matchup for New Orleans? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, where it was like, yeah, the Pelicans played up for this one, but they also got the right matchup. They've got, they got possibly the— I mean, besides maybe the Spurs, but the Spurs even beat the Warriors, so I can't slight them. They won one game when most of us thought they would sweep. I think they just got the, uh, how do I want to phrase this, the lowest, like, red-hot team, the team that was, like, the coldest almost coming in, where it was like, yeah, you know, Jazz and Thunder will be good, you know, Rockets will beat the T-Wolves, but the T-Wolves can come in and play well, where it was like Pelicans, although I picked the Blazers because I thought the backcourt would be better, a lot of people thought that as well, besides you guys who both picked Pelicans. And the Pelicans just got a good matchup with, hey, it's Damon CJ. Shut them down. And what else do they got? They I'd got like, nothing I'd compared like to Unless give some credit to the coaching, you know, mm-hmm. to be entirely honest mm-hmm. with you. I think the game, the game planned it so well. They pretty much were like, we're going to double Dame. We'll shut them down. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and beat us with someone else. I dare you. See how CJ can carry the load for the whole game. CJ mm-hmm. played well. But CJ can't win a game on his own. Nurkic had moments, mm-hmm. but he got in foul trouble often because that's the other thing you know you have to account for with Anthony Davis is with him down low in the paint, he causes contact like crazy. So with him there, with Rondo driving through the lane, like you get so many opportunities for fouls. Like, and I mean Draymond got in foul trouble against the Spurs a little bit I, in that series. Exactly. I think that that's one of the things. Like I think matchup wise, it was ideal because. I think Drew Holiday had been slept on for the majority of the year as being one of the best two-way guards in the league. Obviously, like after his first two month and a half, he really turned it on. And then Rondo, just play off Rondo. And maybe this I, is an asinine question here, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. You shoot. guys can shut it down. Which backcourt is better, a hurt Steph Curry and Clay Thompson or playoff Rondo? Again, it's playoff Rondo. Rondo. Uh, yeah. or, or and Drew Holiday. I'm going Golden State all day, every day. Really? All day, every day. Like until you I mean, prove Steph me, Curry and Clay until Thompson you prove hurt me wrong, Steph, though, that's the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll take a hurt Steph over like I mean, not hurt a hurt Steph, Steph over an hundred percent Steph, but I will oh, take no a shit. I will take key. a hurt Steph. Bold call. I will take a hurt Steph. I'll take over, a two-legged LeBron James over a one-legged LeBron James. Okay, okay, but I will take <laughs> a hurt Steph over the majority of point guards in this league. That is how good Steph can really? be, especially in the playoffs. There's a lot there's majority. A lot of good, there's a lot of good point guards majority? in this league. Um, I mean, I, I get it. You're going. You're going. Is, is it is it that wide of a gap, Dave? I I don't think there's that. I look. They're very good. They're very good. But they're also the best thing about the way the Warriors' offense works is its ball movement, its pick and roll, mm-hmm. and it's uh using the screens. How they so effective. So and if getting switches for mismatches. Well, that's yeah, yeah. That, that that's pick and roll. Um, <laughs> so if they go through and honestly, I think the the one thing that they killed. Damon CJ on was they went over on the majority of screens and then they had AD act as a floater. So he basically was playing off person and just able to kind of be in between. He's still guarding between them and the net. So that way, if they want to take the under, be my guest, you run into Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. If you want to take the over, get chased and have to dump off to someone else, gives AD enough time because he's quick, like you said, he's quick enough to get back to his man. So I think that coaching will play a decent part into this if they're able to do similar things that they were able to lock down from the Portland series. 
I think it'll be closer. I still want to go with uh, Jesus Clay and uh, Steph, mm-hmm. but I think the gap is slimmer than people expect because of the level of defense being played by Drew and Rondo. Well, and obviously that's going to slow down the guard play, but then again, we go back to Kevin Durant. Now, (laughs) now maybe, again, this is a little bit crazy because he's so big, but, I mean, it's not that much of a height difference. Would you put Anthony Davis on Kevin Durant or at least try it? I think you have to give it a shot. I mean, you have the wingspan of Anthony Davis. Like you said, height-wise, they're close. Wingspan, they're close. Like, it's just the best physical matchup for them. My concern is I I would eat it. Like I said earlier, I would eat it. If I put Nico on Draymond Green, I'd be 100% okay if Draymond Green's the guy who beats me because he can't do Mm -hmm. it night in and night out. He was incredibly hot in the playoffs uh, last year. I don't think he's that guy every year. Um, This year, shooting-wise, he's fallen off pretty well. So I think he's back to normal. So if I'm going in, I'm hiding Nico on Draymond. I'm putting AD on KD, and we'll see what happens. Like you need to. It's a series. That's a nice thing. So there's no reason to not give it a shot for a night, half a game, whatever it is. See how it works out. See how they change. That's the that's why I love series in basketball because it's so much mind games and, and coaching around it. The one and, wait one second. Okay. And the thing that you just mapped out was why I will pick the Warriors in this series is because yeah, it's like all right, I'll put AD on KD and then you know Draymond gets Nico. You're not going to shut down all three of Steph Tom, Steph Thompson and Durant. Like, they're going to get their points, and then if you add Draymond Green getting some offense because he's Nico's guarding him, that is not going to help you as well. Like, they are so—like, even the second unit. Like, to me, if the Pelicans want to win this game, they have to win the second unit when all four of Green, Durant— Clay and Steph are not on the court. Well, that never They'll never be all off. No, the I court. mean like they rotate. No, no, no. Well, I know that. When they're but I'm not saying on when the they're on together. at the same time. So when you have like the th- like three of them on, yeah, or two, so of, them two on. of them okay. on. Just clarifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing that I was going to bring up was if you do have you know let's again let's say the, the best four players against the Pelicans and, and the best four players against the Warriors defensively matched up. So you have Nico on Draymond, you have AD on KD, um, you're going to have uh, Rondo on. Uh, Curry, and then you're gonna have Drew on Clay. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing is gonna be what's gonna be the fifth, who's gonna be the fifth starter for both teams? Because we see JaVale getting minutes uh, in, in that last game and, and getting the start. He had 14 minutes and he got the start in that San Antonio game, but we also see Andre Iguodala, uh get time and, and, and get starts as well. He's been, you know, he had a couple of good games. He had some games that were, he was pretty lackluster. Um, he hasn't been that great this season. But what do you think the fifth, who do you think the fifth starter is gonna be for this, this Warrior team? And then how do, uh, the Pelicans counteract that because are you going to go with Nico AD and then throw another big man into that system? Or are you going to throw another like a Mekin Okafor in there nah. coming off the bench? I mean, like what's what's going to be the they're game roll, plan? They with three Twan more in the first round, all four games. I think that's you can't you can't go double big against the mm-hmm. Warriors like without having big. yeah no without having uh, Boogie in there. Like that's he's a unique big man. I don't think that you want to get someone like a Mekin Okafor in there alongside AD. I think that's uh, could slow up your play too much mm-hmm. and be hurtful because the speed at which the Warriors play and they can turn games around is incredible. So you don't want to have a situation where they're able to take fast breaks to every single time because mm-hmm. they will just ramp the speed up and kill you with that pace. So I think that they rolled with Etwan Moore in the first round. It worked out pretty well. I think you go back to that, that well and see how he matches up. I mean, again, it's going to be a mismatch no matter what you do, but at least it will put you in a better position than it will like putting out another big like Ogafer out there, even in limited minutes, I'm still concerned about having him 
with Anthony Davis in, a, in just a too big of a lineup. So if they do go each one more yep. and they counteract that with the JaVale McGee, I mean, that's pretty much going to take that, you know, the, the Anthony Davis on KD ability away, or it's going to no, take away, it's going to take Nico away. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have Draymond and each one matching yeah. up. I mean, that's going to be, again, you're going to, you keep saying, saying Draymond. me with Draymond. But also, Draymond against each one more, that's not fair. I mean, Draymond with his body, I mean, Draymond inside, five feet away, is going to be able to bully down each one more. That's why you have health defense? Oh, but is AD then going to come off KD? And then you're going to, I mean, like, that's Because you're going to leave someone that's wide open. Every single the Warriors play is different. Pick them yeah, every know, single but. play is different. You can't say this is a script. It has to be done every single play like this. Mm-hmm. With rotations the way they work, with health defense, people busting into temporary zones. Like, there's so much going on coaching-wise. We're saying these matchups are, like, the Warriors stapled are also, together. It's never the case. The Warriors are also great with the extra pass. So it's like, oh, we got the health defense. Boom, boom. All right, someone's wide open. Three made. And usually yeah. if Draymond's making that pass, you're either, you know, going to end on Durant, mm-hmm. you're going to end on Thompson, you're going to end on Curry, yep. and we know how dangerous those guys from the outside. What are your thoughts on the fifth starter? For me, I mean, the fifth starter, I want to lean more towards JaVale McGee, just because he has size and he has been playing well in this Warrior system, but part of me feels like they might go to, I could see them go JaVale for game one, and then it's like, if they feel like they need more of an experience, go to a Andre Iguodala, because I mean, he brings the experience of being in playoff series and playing well in playoff series as well. So, I mean, I would maybe lean JaVale and then go to Andre if things don't work out in game one. Because the big thing is, will Steph Curry even play game one? I think he Mm -hmm. is because I don't know why you're ramping up the practice with no, like, if there's nothing like, oh, man, this looks really bad, he's going to play. And they feel very positive after the practices. Can I say one thing real quick? Go ahead. It's going to be... I am glad that Zaza Pachulia is not in the mix. Did not play any of those games against San Antonio. Maybe it's unprofessional, but I'm oh, just glad Kawhi not, was out. I didn't gl- need him to guard Kawhi. I am Dang. glad not to see uh, Zaza Pachulia in the in the playoffs. I hope we don't see him. Uh, but uh, that was just you know a little uh, remark mm-hmm. I wanted to make. But uh, Dave, uh, you know Ricky's pretty confident that Steph's going to play Game One. Are you confident as well? I have no idea. Hundred percent. It's <laughs> seriously no clue. I mean, it's Steve Kerr. Like he could he could play him. He could not. He's Do they need him to play Game One? Yes. No. Really, you're 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 so locked in as Warriors are going to blow out this series. It's not close. No, but he no, needs no, no, to no, play no, game no, one. No, 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 no. It's only a blowout if he plays. If he doesn't play, the Pelicans. Like I said earlier, it's a four-five game series. If Steph plays, it's a six-seven game series with maybe but the Pelicans winning. This is if he does. Of still a banged up Steph. I mean, you're, again, he could be ramping up that practice. But that does not mean Steph he's not going to be better than no Steph. But also, I, don't know. You know, I mean, if he gets re-injured because his ankles are made of glass, well, do you want then, a banged up step out there? But, but then, then, he would also, then they would have no Steph. So I mean, but then also, let's go back to the 2015-2016 series. That was not Steph. I mean, like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the first couple games against Cleveland, he was not looking like the same Steph Curry. And then also, the first game that he came back, I think it was in that against Portland. He he, did, he sat out the Houston series. And then, or set up most of the Houston series. I think he played game one, then set out the, the next three, then came back in that first Portland game. I think he only put up, put up two points, and we're like, all right, we, we're not ready to bring Steph back. Mm-hmm. I think that is definitely a possibility. And if again, if you lose that first game and you bring Steph back, I think that's got to give the Pelicans an extra charge because, all right, Steph's down and we just beat them. And then if Steph comes back and they try to bring him back again, we already proved that if Steph comes back, we can beat him because he's not 100%. How I look at this series is. A Warriors team, like Dave, like Dave brought up, oh, well, what if Steph gets injured? Well, 
you don't have Steph then. You didn't have Steph before. If you're very confident in his practicing, you feel like he's ready to come back. Having Steph out there is a good thing rather than having him not on the floor. But if he is not on the two floor, two more days of rest, three more days of rest to where he can you could be those down ankles. at that point. You could lose a game. You could lose two. But games are you to that me. concerned? You're, I, I thought this was the Pelicans are a blow off opponent yeah, compared if, to the Warriors. Like I said, if Steph yeah, plays, so so when he comes back and plays, then the four zero. Well, Dave Dave's saying if he if he sits out one game, one game, then it's going to change that to they're going to have to win four straight, and then also if they have the momentum winning the first game, the Pelicans. And Steph Curry isn't 100%. Does that change your mindset? Are you just saying if Steph Curry plays at all in yeah. this series, it, they're going to win I'm every single he, game I or close to every single game? I think he needs to play game one. Now, if he pl- sits out game like if he sits out game one, all right, it might not be the end of the world because even if the Pelicans go 0-1, the it, the series not is not over after one game. But if he sits out more than that one game. Then I would be concerned, and then I would give the Pelicans a shot in the series. For me, I feel like everything I've heard, they're very confident in Steph Curry, looking like he's coming back. I think he's going to play game one because having him out here is better than not having him out there, and he is the linchpin in giving the Warriors an easier series against the Pelicans. So you're not worried about him re-injuring that MCL? Well, I mean, you you can't worry about it that much because he can come back game one and re-injure it, or he can sit out two games and re-injure it. Like, it could be a freak thing that re-injures it. So I'm not even going to worry. It's well, how do you feel? It's a sprain. How, yeah, but it's <laughs> so. how, how do you feel in the practices? How are you looking? Like, it would be different if they were like, whoa, we don't feel that confident in it. No, we're going to shut you down. But let's flash back. I mean, Steph Curry, how many, do you think flesh, Steph Curry is going to say, I was going to say flesh Curry. Uh, <laughs> do you think Steph Curry is ever going to say, no, I don't want to play? Well, no, I mean, not, that doesn't no, seem in I'm his nature. I'm not saying Steph. I'm saying the team. The team has said they're very positive, especially after but yesterday's we've, practice. We've seen guys hide injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as, I mean, if Steph's going to push himself in practice and look like he's okay out there, the doctors have no way to, you know, not clear him. I mean, again, if he, if he's out there moving, he could still be in pain and grimacing. And then if he, you know, goes and starts trying to play at game level, you know, near thirty minutes, that's where it's going to start aggravating himself. That's where have he might not ever, feel comfortable. Have out we there. ever had that problem with the Warriors training staff? But, I mean, he run- was, again, going back to 2015, yeah. 2016, those first three games against the Cavs, he was not Steph Curry. And then also going back to the beginning of that, that 2015, 2016 series, the uh, difference, the difference the playoff, there, was not the, same the difference there, you said Cavs, that means NBA finals. There was no he, way he was going to miss round, a finals game. Round one, he missed three. Yeah. The three games, and, and then missed round, all of round then, one this year, and then round two, he came back for that first game and looked terrible, mm-hmm. and then sat it out because he wasn't healthy. Right. Yeah, so you I don't mean, want again, a setback. That's the thing I'm thinking I'm, is you give him the extra day or two of rest and let him strengthen up. I mean, it makes a difference. But you you, you don't want the setback, and then also the whole thing is Steph has proven before that he's always wanted to play. He's never going to say he doesn't yeah. want to play. And he's also proven that he's come back way too early. He came back too early in 2015, mm-hmm. 2016 and showed that he wasn't the same Steph Curry. That's the point I'm trying to make. Again, he can be uncomfortable out there mm-hmm. and, you know, again, still want to play because he's the leader of this, this, ca- this also, Warriors team. you got to put this into consideration also. This is a tougher second-round matchup than they had last year, I would say. Well, that was the Houston yeah. series in 2015-2016. I would say this is a tougher matchup than they had last year because that was a Houston team without CP. But then wouldn't, again, I, just again, just playing devil's mm-hmm. advocate, I yep. think just using logic, 
wouldn't you rather, again, for a tougher competition, mm-hmm. rather be 100% than, you know, again, like, you know, 85%. I don't think it's going to drastically change over a couple of days. But again, just at, saying that. If he's good enough to play, I would put him out there because I trust Steph Curry. I trust him. Like, that would, that would be me as Steve Kerr. Are you good enough to play? How do you think it feels? How do we think it feels by watching you practice? Because just having him out there can help this team. Predictions for uh, the series between the Pelicans and Warriors. Go. I'm going to say Steph Curry plays game one, and how it'll go is the the Warriors will jump out 3-0, Pelicans will win game four, and then the Warriors will wrap it up in game five. Dave, final thoughts on the Curry injury. Will he play game one, the matchup between the Pelicans and Warriors, and then also give us a prediction. Totally going to cop out on the Curry thing since this will go up after game <laughs> one's over. So I don't know. Whatever happens, happens in that game. Uh, but I honestly think this is a series that's going six or seven. I think matchup-wise, it's so intriguing. Like we said, the, the back and forth of, you know, how do you go AD versus KD, that chess match of offense and defense. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, I... I think it's going to be Warriors in six or seven. I think this team from the Pelicans is so good, but at the same time, they shot so incredibly well. I don't know if that's sustainable. And what are your thoughts on Steph Curry in general then? Are you thinking he's 100% in this series and they're still going to go six and seven? Or are you thinking he's still going to be nagged by the injury and that's why they won't I think he'll get off to a slow start. I think he does slow start, yeah. I agree with you on the slow start, but just thinking more about the defensive pairings, I know Drew Holiday was unreal in that Portland series. I know Rajon Rondo, again, is playoff Rondo now. He just flips that switch. And I know Anthony Davis is, again, a top three player, uh, or top five player, maybe mm-hmm. even. I don't, want, I don't know about top three, because, again, <laughs> Steph went healthy. We've seen how dangerous he could be, and Kevin Durant's obviously, too. Um, but, again, being a top player in Anthony Davis, it's tough to go against him. April, Nico. But taking all that in, this is still the Warriors. Last year, they didn't lose a game, or they lost, I think, yeah, they didn't lose a game last year uh, in the playoffs, and they just lost their first one to the Spurs, and that was without Steph Curry. That was Mm -hmm. without the depth they had last year. I'm going to go Warriors in in five if Steph is fine the game one, and I'll go if he he sits out game one, I'll I'll say Warriors in six. But I think think they're going to pretty much steamroll like you kind of think they are. Yeah, and just an update, Steph did partake in five on five today. Mm -hmm. And him and Kerr, all good things, felt positive with it. Yeah, but he's still questionable, and I I know you mentioned that like with the Patriots. Patriots, it's questionable. Saying questionable is is just that. But we'll see what happens uh, with Steph Curry if Mm -hmm. he plays game one. Let us know what you think about the Pelicans and the Warriors. How long will it go? Will Steph Curry be healthy? Can the Pelicans pull off another upset Dave and I picked the upset, but still it was a lower seed yeah. versus a higher seed. This would be a true upset, though, um, if the Pelicans win that. But let's move into Wet Boys, our favorite reoccurring segment. We got our Wet Boy counter. We are give, gave out our regular season Wet Boy honoree, and we are going to go into the playoffs. Last uh, last week, sorry, it was uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Anthony Davis, and Chris Paul were our three Wet Boy vote-getters last week. Now we are moving into the second week. We are going to go from April 20th to today. April 26th, well, today's the 27th, but April 26th, last games, uh, we are we did have games wrapped up. Uh, the Cavs already lost, that's going to a Game 7, uh, and then uh, the Raptors secured. Uh, they, they defeated the, uh, the Wizards. Uh, so that's going to be uh, something that we don't take into consideration. So if you're pissed off that Depot isn't here, if Depot wins uh, Game 7, uh, then we'll probably <laughs> have him in next week because he went off for a triple-double, even had three uh, steals in that game. Uh, in game six against the Cavs. Nah, man, it's got to be Lance Stevenson. 
It could even be Lance. <laughs> but uh, let's jump into our wet boys for this week. We are talking about the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men. We are talking wet boys. These are boys that popped off uh, throughout the past week in the NBA playoffs, had ridiculous stat lines, hit some milestones. Ricky Wimmer, we're going to go to you first. Give us your wet boy of the week. Mine was a little bit difficult this time because I wanted to go with like Dom Mitch. I almost went with DeMar DeRozan, but... I had to settle on Golden State. We just talked about him. Got to go with KD, the best player. Some would say best player in the league. Now LeBron James is the best player. But the thing is, 34 points one game, 25 another. Yeah, I know he lost by 13 in that first one, but he was doing it all. Double-double, didn't want to pass the ball, only two assists, but score the points, got the boards, and then team sealed out the series victory in that second game where he had 25 puntos. I'm going to stop you, Dave. Because I think we need to talk mm. about the true best player <laughs> in the NBA. We're going to go to my wet boy, LeBron James. Oh, you sure Dave's is the best? I see how it is. We're going go to go to the You just dropped the whole, oh, <laughs> Kevin Durant's the best NBA player. Headset We're going to go. Loud. I know that he's going to a Game 7 for the first time in his life in the first round. Uh, but LeBron James, he dragged the Cavs to two victories. You know who never went to a Game weeks. 7 in the first round? Michael Jordan. Cool. That's because uh, they never had Game 7s in the first round. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was five. Five. <laughs> That was one thing, real quick. Uh, Greeny and the, the get-up people, uh, Beatle, mm-hmm. Greeny, yeah. and uh, Jalen. I, I, I think uh, Ike Taylor was on it, too. Um, Ryan Clark they, was there, too. Mm-hmm. Ryan Clark, not Ike Taylor. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Ike Taylor, I think, is on uh, NFL Network. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ryan Clark, the, the people on get-up, um, they were talking about which one was more impressive. LeBron's buzzer beater against Pacers in Game oh, uh, 5. Craigie Craig Lowell all day, every day. Can I finish I, talking? I, I just, no. I, I was, I Jesus was, you're, you're not allowed to say things was, on the show. The LeBron reason shot, I did that was I heated with him in the car yesterday about LeBron it. shot uh, game five against uh, the Pacers, uh, you know, very similar to the Elo shot where uh, uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan hits the game winner over Craig Elo. And the one thing that Greeny mentioned was it was in game five that Jordan hit it. That was the winner and the Bulls were down. So if he didn't hit that shot. They lose that one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LeBron, it was tied. He misses that shot. They just go in overtime. So I, that, that's the one reason I, I agreed with Greeny. I think he won the argument there. Um, so if you're siding with LeBron, Dave, I'm sorry. I'm going with Michael Jordan. I, I didn't. Weirdly enough. Oh. I didn't settle with LeBron. You went he, with LeBron? No, he was just so upset over the thing that he argued with himself out loud. Yeah, oh. I, no. Yeah, he I, does that often. I yeah. was like, I was just so, like, angry about it. But looking back, uh, Michael only lost one game in the first round. Ever? Yeah. Well, in the championship run. I mean, the '80s was different. That was that yeah. was not Michael oh. Jordan. Though. That wasn't Air Jordan. Okay. Uh, right. I mean, he had the shoes in '86. So no, but Air I Jordan mean, was '86. I mean, like the, the Jordan that we like, like that I was born for. I was born in '90s. So I didn't see the age. Anyways, Jordan. let's get into wet boys. LeBron James uh, <laughs> over the past week from 420 to 426, but of 35 points per game, 12 total rebounds, eight assists, 53 field goals, and 90 percent from the line. LeBron James was absolutely disgusting, carrying them to uh, two wins in uh, game uh, four and. Five and now uh, wasn't able to do it in Game Six. So we'll have uh, LeBron James in a Game Seven for the first time in his first round. And Dave, there's no way you can top that, right? No, no. You guys talking best player Kevin Durant, best player <laughs> LeBron James, best player Jingles, just just out there killing it day in day out for the Utah Jazz. Jumping Nineteen jump. four and three, forty-seven from the field, forty-seven from three. Guess what, boys? He is the wettest of boys. His shot from the outside drops all the time. You can't stop Joe Ingles. I love the sound the Jazz. Like, every time they hit a three, the, like, coin sound 
I fucking love I go, I go you got like crazy every time it happens. I love him. I've I, I loved this kid since before the year. I kid, he's he's an old man, but whatever. I've loved him since like before this year started. I picked him out like before the year. And Sean's giving me shit about Joe Ingles. And <laughs> I remember he proved that. me wrong. Yeah, I was say, I just love watching him out there playing. It's a perfect fit to their system. And, and I just, he, he is the ultimate guy on this war. Congrats and, to Jingles. You're getting that contract. Speaking of that, you reminded me of something by yeah. calling him a kid. Yeah. We got a comment. I was going to bring that up. We got a comment where it's like, I was looking okay. at Twitter and I was like, I was going to bring something up. And but the, you, thank you. And the thing is, is first off, when we talk draft, yeah. they're like, oh, don't call them, call them kids. They're the same oh, age yeah. as me. I'm 28. I think, yeah. I think they're me. talking about me. Yeah, I know, but it's like, I they're kids to Dave and yeah, I. I call if them. I was still teaching, which was my main profession at the time, they would be kids to me mm-hmm. because I would be teaching them. Again, yeah. it's it's something where I am also just a kid. I'm 20 yeah. years old, so like, I'm, I, if someone called me a kid, I'd be like, yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah, I pretty Sean, much call anyone how under... dare you call them kids, I live, I live with my mom, and she takes care of my finances still. So like, I'm still a kid. But, so, okay, but, Sean, I call anyone under the age of 40 a kid. Yeah. Like, nothing's out of my reach But right at now. the same time, Mark calls both Johnny and I man children. Yeah. So there's that too. I think we there's do, a difference there. I think we can just settle, though, that this is probably the best week of wet boys we've ever yes. had. We have the Holy Trinity of the greatest players yes. in NBA history. No argument, one, two, three, and one order. In KD, LBJ, and the God himself, Jingles. Uh, but so, anyways, reading off in reverse order with Sean. Yeah. yeah. Well, Three, was, two, one. You, you got to go from worst to best. You know? That's anyways. what I said. Uh, we're going to go. Uh, let us know your what, boys, down in the comments below. But let's move into the first draft topic. And we're going to talk the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to do the Kings in the next topic. We talked a little bit about the Kings. We talked how does Michael Porter Jr. fit with the I'm Kings. Sure. And that one's still a little bit relevant because mm-hmm. uh, the Kings are picking six. And that's uh, kind of where we've put uh, MPJ. Seventh. Bowler six. Pick at seven. But then mm. still, MPJ's in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably might go a little bit earlier, but that one still fits. But we'll still talk about the Kings uh, even outside of that, that seventh pick. We're going to talk about the team at eight, the Cleveland Cavaliers, getting that pick from Brooklyn. And this one's going to be interesting because are they going to be taking a player to play next to LeBron James mm-hmm. or are they going to be taking a player that's going to be, you know, the next star or the next guy that takes over for LeBron James? What are you guys' thoughts here? I'm leaning hard towards uh, someone to add to LeBron James because I don't think he's well, going to depends lose. if he loses and game if he seven. loses game seven. You think mm-hmm. you think you go for the the rebuild? You go for someone oh no? Like a I Trae think Young? if he loses game seven, he's gone. So that's what I'm saying. You go to, for the rebuild. Yeah, that, would, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, I think that that's what it's going to be. Is <laughs> if well, the reason why is because if he loses game seven, I think he will be gone. It's not like a oh is he won't he? It'll be fuck. Oh, you think it's we just have hard to. Out? Yeah, it's like okay. we have to because. We can't we can't win with this and he can't drag us to the final. He can't even get out of the first round, so why would he want to stay? Kind of a thing. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh but at the same time, it just feels like LeBron leaving Cleveland for the second time. I don't he know. He won him a ship. Don't matter now. He can leave when he wants. Yeah, it he just feels it still feels a little dirty. Still feels a little dirty. He did know. what he I, promised. I would go regardless of LeBron staying or leaving. I would still probably lean, and I know I'm going to get shit from you for this saying, the Sean, but I would probably still go Muhammad Bamba there. Hell yeah. Oh, so now you're cool with Hell Muhammad yeah. Bamba. You saw Bamba him on the jump, the didn't you? I, I did see him on the jump, and I really enjoyed <laughs> it. You saw him hit nine straight threes in really, practice uncontested? I really enjoyed it. <laughs> He's top three now. He can hit threes. <laughs> I like well, how, what was I the like thing on the jump from Muhammad I like Mo how Dave Bamba. really quietly is like, I did see his interview on the jump. <laughs> what was the thing with Muhammad? I didn't see him on He was on that, just talking when I'm about to draft. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I thought you were about to say, oh, he was on the jump. No, no, he's a great, <laughs> no, no, like, he it was just actually, great personality yeah. as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, plus he said that uh, he practiced with Joe, yeah. Joe Joe. 
And I was like, yeah. oh, he likes Joel Embiid. So right there, like right there. So he got a mentor built <laughs> in. <laughs> we've been, he's a mentor. We've been talking about the comparison <laughs> that if he builds out, hey, maybe he's the next Joel Embiid. Look, we're throwing it out there, and they do need a rim protector. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think even if Le- if LeBron leaves, fine. I still think Muhammad Bamba is a great uh, piece for a team because, like you said, if he grows into his body, like he could be a monster, and his offensive game continues to grow. Yeah, I, I think he's got scary potential. But if LeBron stays, you now have that like guy who can hold down the five, be your rim protector, but also has the ability to stretch the floor a little bit. Um, I think the thing really comes down to like we're watching Kevin Love struggle horribly mm-hmm. right now in the playoffs again, and it seems like this might be a common trend. So I think that you know if he becomes a piece to move and you go Bamba, you, you've got a big to hold down. I think it, I think it could work out well. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, and let's look at the the mock draft right now and let's see the players that might be available right now. The, due, due to my last mock draft, we'll just go off my mock draft because it's the one that's first. Oh, okay. Um, well, oh, I, I'm also the I'm host. Glad, We're going to use my I'm mock glad, draft. I'm glad have... you said because it's first because I didn't. I don't know what I would do if you said oh because it's right. To be fair, well, I, I think we have. I mean, I also uh, think mine's right. <laughs> I think we have seven out of seven of the same players going in the top seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we really? Yeah. Okay, so then let's just go off that. Then. So <laughs> still, my mock draft would have worked. Because Dave had Mo Bamba not in the top ten. You guys don't have to be butthurt. Uh, but anyways, uh, from eight down, players available, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Kevin Knox, Zana Musso, Robert Williams. Now they're trying to fall out of that range. Mm-hmm. In that eight spot, is there any prospect outside of Mo Bamba you think they're going with? If they're at the top seven that we had originally, mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr., Mikael Bridges, Trey Young, uh, Marvin Bagley, JJJ, uh, Luca, and DeAndre Aiden are off the board. There's three options to me at number eight. One of them is Mo Bamba, so mm-hmm. two besides Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. To me, how I think about it is if LeBron stays, there's two options. Do I go Mo Bamba, which is one that I would probably go with? But if he's off the board, let's say the Kings go with him, then it's like, all right, LeBron stays. Do I go with a guy like Miles Bridges or if like a Mikhail Bridges is there to fill in that kind of three role? Because right now on the depth chart, it's like, all right, we've got Jordan Clarkson and Jose Colaron who are point guards. Rodney Hood, Jr. George Hill can be that too. Well, you got to also think about and contracts. You, Rodney Hood yeah, is coming up too. And then too. it's like you've got right now CD and Corver are your three. I hey, look at that. And don't I go, you dare throw shade at my boy Kyle Corver. Well, he gave that a little, he gave a little hot sauce. He gave a little hot sauce. He's um, also ninety years old. But the thing is, shooting never ages. I feel like the threes Knees could do. be somewhere they go to. He However, that's the same question. If LeBron leaves, it's just different. If LeBron leaves, I think the two you look at is number one, Colin Sexton, then becomes the main target because it's like, yeah, we've got Jordan Clarkson, but. Is he the guy we want to roll out there to be our main point guard? Or do we want to draft Colin Sexton and be like, you are now going to be the man who runs this offense, makes this well, offense go? And Clarkson's also a two. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's However, it could also be, ah, oh, we got our point guard, we're fine in Clarkson. Let's get that three because LeBron's not there, especially if a Mikhail Bridges falls and is there at eight. Shawnee uh, Dyson, Clarkson's a two. He's a, no, he's I know, a, he's I know a two. but right now on the depth chart, he's a one. <laughs> yeah, but the depth chart's wrong. Are you going off of my who, who are you going off ESPN. Okay, maybe they're wrong. Unless you go, okay, it unless you want to go George Hill at the one. Well, he like, is. He's like, more of a one. I know. Like, Jordan George Hill, Jose they're, Calderon. They're both tweeners. I would still the take Colin Sexton over all three. The point of them. is, you're that's starting fair. Jose Calderon right now, and that sends a message that you don't have a point guard. Yeah. Bingo. I think that's all. Like, George Hill is the ideal 3 and like three and D point guard for mm-hmm. LeBron James. Yes. 
He's also on an awful contract that you're stuck with, so you're going to have to deal with that. I, I, I agree with Ricky. It's it's Bamba, it's uh, Bridges, and then it is um, Colin Sexton. Sexton. Colin Sexton. Like, and it's either Bridge, too. Like, I'd take well, Miles or Mikhail if We all have Mikhail off the board. Yeah. So that's why I'm assuming the yeah. Kings won't pass on Mikhail or Porter. Mm-hmm. One of those Unless two will be Unless they go gone. Bamba. Unlikely, but well, unless, unless they do, unless, yeah, maybe they think maybe they you know, Willie Collins Stein's not going to be there, and then you know maybe they look maybe. to move him, and they think Mobamba's the, the but, future. But let's let's say that let's yeah. say Mikhail's on the board and Mobamba's on the board. Do they go Mikhail Bridges no matter what, or do they still think about getting a, a five? Oh, man, that's tough because I think that Mikhail adds to the team, but I don't know that he could ever be a one on a team. Um, so if LeBron is done, I would lean towards potential. I, I swing for the fences. Okay, but then that kind of brings up, and real quick, do you think that Mobamba, we talked about fives being a one, a, a mm-hmm. number one option, do you think Mobamba and fives can still be a one in the NBA? I mean, it, it depends on how much you believe in him being, you know, the next JoJo. If, if, if you do, wonderful for you. I don't think he's going to be that good. I think he'll be pretty good. But I, again, if, if I have a choice of someone who's going to be a, you know, 12-year 3 and D player who can get me... 14 a night that's a that's a nice piece that's mm-hmm. a nice piece but by no means is that going to push you over the top muhammad bamba could give you something unique that you could build around and again the nba is it's cyclical like it changes the way people play over mm-hmm. years like we went from a physical league rules change oh look now guards can do whatever the hell they want because if you breathe on them it's uh it's a call then yeah. it turned into oh we're just going to go pick and roll like crazy because moving screens are easily available those who can do it succeed. You get mismatches like crazy. And now we're seeing teams experiment with some bigs doing unique things. I think that the NBA is not a static league. You can't say this is the template to go for and just run with it because you can get a players are all unique. You can get a unique guy and build around him. And that's a, that's a mismatch for everyone else. Think of it this way, though. And I'll go back to the Embiid thing and the five being the one. Yes, Joel is good. But when he didn't have Ben Simmons out there... This team was not a playoff team. But he also had no one else out there. No, I know. He didn't have a J.J. Reddick or a Marco Bellinelli or a five five alone in this NBA right now. Yes, it could change five years down the line. But right now, a five can't be the only one out there. And for me— But that's not the question. No, no, no. That's not the question. But I'm leading it into— Is Joel Embiid the best player on the 76ers? Debatable. I would say Ben Simmons is the best player on the 76ers. Okay. So yeah. that so that's kind of taking away that yeah. Dave's saying right. a five you're saying a five can't be the one exactly. then because the best player is and Ben Simmons. And no re- one's saying that you know Mo Bamba could be the only player on no, the cast and be a but great team. Leading into that was if I have an inkling, if I'm Dan Gilbert and it's like LeBron is leaving for sure, the pick I'm selling I, the team. No, well, yeah. <laughs> but the pick I would make is Colin Sexton. That is the pick I would go with because we already discussed how they don't really have a point guard behind LeBron James, a true point guard, and I need someone who can be that number one option. I'll go with Colin Sexton over my three, over my five. All right. I mean, I I agree with you that, again, Mm -hmm. a five can't be the number one option on a team. I think, you know, we're seeing more, and some people might say Anthony Davis is a five, kids a four. Um, and, and, and you know, I mean, most of these guys that we are, go back and forth on those arguments. But yeah. most, most well, of these Bob guys could be a four, are, maybe. But I, I, I see him more. DeAndre Ayton wants to be a four. That's again, like most of these guys want to play Cats that four. four. 
Cats of four as well. Most of these guys that are great offensive talents mm-hmm. that are near seven feet tall are mostly playing that four position. So yeah. again, it's it's really that five spots coming to a straight rim protector. Mm-hmm. So I think Mobamba will be a five. Dave dropped his phone. Uh, will be a five, <laughs> and he's got a shitty ingredient. So I'm just going to call it out. Um, but again, it's it's like with Mobamba. I don't think he's ever going to be a one on a Leave team, it. but I think he's, he still has the potential. If he's going to be drafted to a team that has LeBron James on it, they clearly need that rim protector help. They right. need to get rid of Tristan Thompson's contract at by any means necessary, and they need to bring in a rim protector that can truly change that team. Mm-hmm. And we see Mo Bamba's length and athleticism and his wingspan be absolutely ridiculous and dominant in college, and I think that could translate to the NBA. Some people might say Hashim to beat, but still, I think you know, Mo Bamba with Can't his wingspan beat, baby. alone can, you know, Stop a you know you know block you know a block and a shot a game a, a shot and a half <laughs> what what is like you block a shot in the ha- a half uh, yeah. uh you know o- over over a, a couple of games no. so I think Mobamba next to LeBron James is the right pick but I'm gonna lead towards Ricky in the sense of I need a number one mm-hmm. but I think a guy that we haven't mentioned yet that could be in this range and he's never been a top ten pick I think you know recently or he wasn't a top ten pick um in in our last mock draft it's a kid from Kentucky it's Kevin Knox I Ooh. think that. Again, he's very raw, but mm-hmm. he's got the scoring ability to possibly be a number one option on a team. Now, I don't know if he has the consistency yet. I don't know if he has the the, the true quickness to be a one, but we saw spurts at Kentucky. We saw yeah. spurts throughout the year that he can, one, be a leader. He was a leader early on in the season for Kentucky, kind of fell off a little bit, and Shea Gill just picked that up. But Kevin Knox, early in the season for Kentucky, was a leader. He's shown ability from the outside. He's shown the ability to kind of show an all-around game. The only question is, will he be a scorer or will he be an all-around player like LeBron is, where he's you know being able to distribute, being able to rebound, being able to be the leader on the team, uh, both facilitating and scoring. That's the real question is, how much is he limited and how high is the potential? And that's the reason why he's not a top 10 pick is because there's a lot of questions around him on what his fit is in the NBA. But if LeBron's leaving, I think Kevin Knox is at least in the discussion. I just want to throw his name out Well, there. I mean, the thing that comes, there's two questions to me that I want to throw out with that. Mm-hmm. Number one is based off of ours, all of us have Mikhail going before the Cavs, correct? Correct. Yes. So that means the first question is, which which person do you put higher on your board? Do you put Miles Bridges or do you put Kevin Knox? That's the first question. You guys can go ahead and answer it. Uh, wait, Miles or Miles or Kevin? Basically, oh. Bridges or Knox? Who's your higher one? Well, when I, there's two Bridges, so I just want to yeah, clarify. Miles Bridges because um, Mikhail's already gone. I think it depends on the team, and I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, if if I'm a team that's looking for a number mm-hmm. one. It's Kevin Knox. Okay, but if I'm looking for you know a guy to play next to LeBron, or if I'm a guy to you know play next to Kevin uh, Kevin Porzingis, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. Kevin Love, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, yes. yep. I'm thinking Miles Bridges, just because yeah, again, he's a good wing. He's he's going to yeah. be more consistent. He's going to be solid. He doesn't have that same probably potential, right. but also he's a safer pick. Let's put it this way: the situation is we're talking about the Cavs, so you're picking for the Cavs. LeBron is staying. We're not going to say he's going. I just said that. Again, okay. if, 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 if playing next to a guy like LeBron, playing next to a solidified number one, mm-hmm. Miles Bridges. He's a safer pick. He's going to be able to contribute earlier, and you're not going to have to have him wait because mm-hmm. Miles Bridges is going to help a, a team like the Cavs, an NBA contender, an NBA title contender with LeBron James, help them right away. So Miles Bridges is, is clear of the pick. Kevin Knox is going to take time to develop 
into the player that he'll be. LeBron's window, maybe it's not closing in five years, but it's going to be closing at <laughs> some point. That's ridiculous to say I don't want to put a, a gap, cap on it because if I say five years, he's going to play for ten more he's years. He's playing until junior plays. Exactly. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> know coming, when. They're going together. Yeah. So I, I don't, 38, like, 39. Like Ken and... And like that would Ken, be five Ken. years. That would be five or six years. Yeah. I think right now he's 33. So like the Griffies. Again, yeah. LeBron, like the Griffies. Uh, but uh, in the kingdom. Uh, <laughs> but again, I think that if, if you're going to put him next to LeBron, mm-hmm. it's Miles Bridges. He has the experience, he has the leadership, and also I think he's more of a well-rounded player to help a playoff team. So yeah. I think it'd be Miles Bridges if we're talking small forwards only. Do you agree, Bridges over Knox? I do in that situation. I think that's a it's a better fit for them, and I think that way Bridges can be on the court more often, and his role would be a bit larger than Knox's would be. I've I have a fear that Knox would kind of shrink down minutes-wise, mm-hmm. wouldn't get as much playing time with a solid unit, so he'd be more kind of put into a role early on, and we wouldn't get to see him develop maybe as much as he could somewhere else where he's given better opportunity. Now, here's the second question to that. So we've already answered Bridges over Knox. With the LeBron second, staying yeah, on with the Cavs. Staying, with LeBron yes. staying on the Cavs. Now the second question puts in some new stipulations. Mo Bamba is also off the board. So now... If he's he, on the board? He's off the board. Like, the Kings took him. Okay. So now the question... We all be, were pretty unanimous so that now, would have okay, been the pick okay. over him. So now the question becomes, in my mind, if you're the Cavs, LeBron is staying. Do you go with Miles Bridges, or do you go with the next big available, which would be Wendell Carter? I would go Carter. Oh, the question's off. So... So, so the, the last question, so real quick, the, the, real quick, the last question was about Kevin Knox yes, versus that, so Miles. The, yeah, the first question was... If Mo split, Bamba's available, I'm going no, Mo Bamba. No, no, That's no, the no, point. No, no, oh, we okay, all were okay. saying Bamba's yeah. the one that we would so, probably mock. Okay, okay. So let me explain this. The first question... <laughs> I'm, I'm being asked Ricky's questions saying, as the host. No, no, I'm just yes, confused. Well, Ricky's saying eight people are drafted yes, before I understand, the I understand. Somehow. If Mo Bamba's not the pick, what small forward would you pair with LeBron? What small forward would you take if LeBron was leaving? Kind of. We said if LeBron was leaving, it would be Kevin Knox. And you, if you're going away from Obamba, and then also if you're going to pair a guy with LeBron James at that A-pick and uh, Mikhail or Mobamba's off the board, you're going miles. Let me explain the thought process here. Yeah. So we were talking, we were talking, <laughs> but we were debating between the five and the three if LeBron stays. So the first question was solidifying which three in our mind is higher on our big board. We each have the same thought process, bridges over knocks. So cool. The three that we would pick would be Bridges. Yes. Now the question comes in, if we're going Bamba Bridges, I'm assuming most of us would say Bamba. Yes. So I'm putting in the stipulation that Bamba's not there. Next big comes up, that would be Wendell Carter. Now that it's Wendell Carter and Bridges, does that change it or do you still go with the big over the three? The only thing, though, is that means someone has to fall. Mm-hmm. So, so that means falls? Mikhail would be falling, or that would mean Michael then, Porter Jr. is falling. Then let's say Mikhail know, falls just... for the sake of argument, Mikhail, Wendell Carter, do you still go five over the three if it's not Bamba? I would say Mikhail then, because I know Wendell Carter, again, an all-around player, mm-hmm. um, has shown the ability to be a defender down low. But I think one reason why you take Mo Bamba is because of that potential. And what we said Wendell Carter was last week is that he's a really solid kid. He might not have a, a massive ceiling, but he has a pretty high floor. Like this kid, at worst, if you're looking at 2K ratings, again, I know people always get confused when we say floor and, and ceiling. Yeah. The, the floor, the lowest that kid will be at his peak is going to be like an 82. 
Mm-hmm. And at his highest, when he's in his prime, it's probably going to be like an 89. So that's the one thing with, with Wendell Carter. With Mikhail Bridges, though, he might peak out at an 89. But again, it's something where he's going to be so valuable at the position he plays, being a 3 and D player, that it's going to be, you know, change because he's going to be like a, a Clay Tom- again like the peak of him is going to be like a Clay Thompson mm-hmm. so I, I think Mikhail Bridges is, is a more valuable pick especially playing next to LeBron James yeah it's hard to argue against a 3D player wing and LeBron James like that just mm-hmm. that's the match made in heaven I understand the deficiencies of not having a five there um, they can dig up someone to play there they will find a way to make that work I like Wendell Carter a lot though that's the thing like I yep. feel like you know, I still see like the potential to be like Al Horford esque in his role, um, a, a solid rim protector, and I think without having someone like Bagley next to him soak up boards, his numbers would look better there as well. So, ah, uh, it, it's just LeBron James in three D wing. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't go away from it. It. I'd be lying to myself. Oh, I think we should have made probably two videos of this. It'd probably be which prospects best fit the Cavs with LeBron James, and which, <laughs> which prospects yes. best fit LeBron, the Cavs without, without LeBron. Ricky James. missed out on more content, but too, but too far, too, uh, you know, you know, too late in this one. We're already, we're already we'll probably hit that talking. one up right, right around the draft time. <laughs> yeah. when, when it gets mocking, closer with uh, the rumors, Kevin Love being traded and LeBron James leaving. <laughs> but let's let's stick on the topic and let's talk about which prospects best fit with it with with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and let's kind of say, hey. We'll do two. We'll do again. We'll break it up, kind of again. Go ahead. We've seen Cleveland get pretty lucky in the lotto before. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what if they get the number one overall pick? Oh, Jesus no, Christ! Right. The Bulls are getting number one overall. Okay, pick. Jesus Christ! Can you just have <laughs> fun once <laughs> on a segment? Can you just answer the question once? No, like, he doesn't yeah. answer questions. Okay. If they Sean, get the number one, they've been they get the number one pick. I know. After three years, it's been frustrating. Right? Some people are like, "Oh, why, why are you so into Ricky?" Because I can't get a your thought job is to ask questions, off. and you can't yeah. ask. Hey questions. man, the it's always like, "Oh, hey Ricky, it's raining out. Oh, is it really raining, or is it the window?" Hey man, the first segment you didn't give me the right options. Rick, Ricky, do you like do you like rain? Option A, option B. Well, neither. Ricky, do you like rain? Well, I don't like snow. Uh. <laughs> like. It's not too far off. That's just an adaptation. Anyways, let's come back. Let's say Cleveland gets lucky. They get the, they they win the lotto again. Mm-hmm. They're the number one team. This is going to be first. Who best fits the Cleveland Cavaliers at number one without LeBron James? Give us three prospects that you probably think would fit with Cleveland Cavaliers without, without. LeBron James, and rank them one to three. Luca, uh, Luca, and Luca. No. Okay, so Luca's one for Dave. Luca, if let's go to Dave first. while you think, Ricky? And, and, well, and, I have my him and Han start, over I'm gonna there. start at three. There's a deep side. Oh, well, Dave, Dave already started. So okay, I, I already dropped my my Dylan rant. Go ahead. So you're going Luca, Luca, Luca. Yeah, okay. I'm going three to one. So. The third best would be Michael Porter Jr. You just pulled the Ricky. I know. Yeah, I know. But, I know. Um, so I'll go 3-1. Okay. So the third best is Michael Porter Jr. The second is Trey Young, or Luca, and then Trey Young, number one. That's So no De- DeAndre. You said without LeBron James. Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. So I want the point guard. Okay. I'd go Luca or Trey Young. I'll go, I'll go Trey Young. With LeBron James, it's 8-8-8-8. Eight, 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 eight. Can't you see? You can't. You can't do that to me. Exactly. Like that's what it is. It's I'm going DeAndre Ayton. Don't even think about two, three, because there's no other. That's one really interesting that you it. would. So what do you do with Kevin Love? Move him to the. Well, DeAndre wants to play the four. Yeah. What do you do with Kevin Love? So you're you gonna can, trade him, or you're gonna are you gonna force we'll him to a, play the we'll five? We'll, 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 we'll find a spot. He chokes. We'll find a spot. So you're, other, you're gonna keep K Love though. Yeah. Okay. I'll wow. find a spot for him, or if he I decides to no show like he is right now in the playoffs, I sit him and play Ayton. So you're just going to sit Kevin Love. No, I mean, like, all-star 
Um, in a playoff series, if he's not showing up, to yes, play a I'm rookie. going to sit him. But just real quick. Well, real, by that Jesus point, Christ. by that point, he's closer to you be a second-year player this than is, a rookie. This is with LeBron James. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. with. Just throwing out there. No, without it's Trey Young or Luca. Okay, and then Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, at third. Three. Okay, Dave. Uh, with I'm without still LeBron, trying to recover my brain. With, without insane. LeBron James at number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah. Who is the, the the one two three? And actually, give me a one two three. Luca's number Luke, one. Luca's my one. I agree with Ricky. A Trey would be my two, and my Damn. three would be Aiden. Okay, I so, still. So I, why Aiden over Michael Porter Jr.? Because obviously Ricky didn't have him in, in there. I'm watching him work out yet. Hundred percent. I need to see him at the combine. I need to see him moving. If he has that smoothness back to his motion, if he looks like he's comfortable again, I have no problem. But if he's not in shape, if he's you know going out there and having like really sharp motions to a shot like he had mm-hmm. in his two games that we got to watch him actually play. Like, I just, there, there are still so many questions there. Yes, the potential's there at the same time, but I, I would much rather go with someone at my third best overall with Aiton, and that's someone who could be a dynamic player in the league. So if Porter Jr. is moving fluidly, where does he sit? He probably he probably kicks the shot of that two spot, and it, it would be Luca Porter and you then know what? Uh, Trey Young. I actually, Dave made me think. I'm not going to change anything, but the thought process that I would have. Like, you hurt I my brain, I, I, I thought you were about to have a change of heart here. No, 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 Like, no, you know no, what? No. I was thinking, and now I'm going to add no. DeAndre or something. No, the thing I'm thinking yeah, about, if I'm the Cavs, let's say LeBron's leaving for sure, and I feel like he is. The thing is that I might go to is, you know what? Let's just go 76ers it. Let's take Michael Porter number one. We're shelving you for the whole year. Let's get another top ten pick, pair it up, kind of like what they did with Ben Simmons and uh, Markel. Mm. I mean, that, that, I mean, you're the Cavs, so ooh, I mean, actually, and it's the Week East. You're, you're the Cavs, so you let K Love go back to Fat K Love as the number one option on the team. He'll drop twenty and ten on you, no problem. <laughs> then you move him while his value's high. Yep. You get George, 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 uh, George Hill, George Hill, Kevin Love. Uh, I think uh, Jordan Clarkson will be around. Maybe Larry Jeff Green Nance. will want to stick around. Larry Nance. I love that. That that is that is a dope team. TT Ricky. because I, LeBron got him in the contract. And I like left. where you're going yeah. with this, Ricky. I like where you're going. <laughs> All right. So so now you, you, without LeBron James, we're picking Michael Porter Jr. and then redshirting him. No, I'm no, just saying I'm it could be an option. With, okay, I'm still saying. I'm right. saying it's an option that I just popped. Without in LeBron, what's the options? Uh, without LeBron, or, I'm sorry, no, with, with LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James, what's the options? Uh, with LeBron James, the one. It's still really tough because I don't know that one of these guys necessarily fits what they currently have on paper. But this team, they swapped out like seven players last year in the middle mm-hmm. of the season, so there's no static answer here. I would still say that. Adding someone like Luka to that team would be my primary thing for the number one pick. I still think that he's someone who can come in, play, contribute at a high level right away. After that, I almost want to... I would go Aiton and Jaron Jackson. Ooh. I like Jaron Jackson better than Bagley. Jaron Jackson would be Would it be crazy if the Cavs went taking Luka out of it, just so Luka's one, but then that second saying, you know what? Aiton and Triple J don't fit what we want because we have K Love. Screw it. Well, Bomba's do. the one we take. Oh, well, Triple J does five well. Like, yeah, he I is don't... the best rim protector in the draft. And, and J- Jackson, I think, would fit better for the Cavs timeline because again, he, he showed that he could prove working with you know a, a good team in Michigan State. 
He proved that he could play Just along saying, with players like that. Just saying, would it be like crazy if the Cavs said, no, Obama. we like this kid, we're going to take him number one and go Yes, Bamba. I think that would be, be a hell of a reach. So they would, you're saying if they would go number one with Bamba? Yes. I don't think he jumps j- jumps Jaren Jackson in my mind. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. What I, if? I think, and in, in going with that, uh, with LeBron James, I think they, at number one, uh, Trey Young would probably be my third. Uh, Luka would probably be my two. MPJ would probably be my my. my one, but again, that's because I'm assuming that he'll be healthy. Oh, okay. If not, it's a flip and Doncic is just one. Fair enough. Uh, and then uh, with without LeBron James, no, that was your without LeBron James. That I'm was assuming. without. Yeah. Okay, and then with LeBron James, Jesus, yeah, uh, is a train wreck of a segment. <laughs> with LeBron James, uh, I'll go Aiton, uh, Jaron Jackson. I, I agreed with you on that one, so that's why Dude, when you said it, I didn't know if you were going to say it. Consistency there, and then I'd go Luca one. Yeah. Uh, the other question would be uh, again. It, it goes back to. We don't know if LeBron will be staying because the draft mm-hmm. is before the free agency happens. So what is the strategy? Are they just going to try to make sure they get a clear answer from LeBron? What if they don't have a clear answer from LeBron and they're picking it's at eight? It's gut feeling. What's It's gut feeling at that. If you feel a little bit, if like if you feel 25% he's gone, not even. If it's 50-50 or less that like he's staying, then I pick for the future at that point. I mean, even if it's a 5% chance, I mean, that's still a chance that LeBron 5% James leaving. 5% he's staying? No, I'm saying no, 5% chance No, 5% he's chance he's leaving. Yeah, no, I'm saying 50% or per, 50% are low that he's staying. I'm mm. picking for the future because I'm not going to let one guy put my whole franchise in limbo. I mean, it's LeBron freaking James. I though. get it, but it's like... If there's it, one man who can put my franchise in limbo, it's LeBron James. But would you want to pick for LeBron James and then have him leave? No. To like, be fair, like it's not like these guys are talentless without LeBron James standing next to them. They're yeah, still amazingly talented. But I feel talented. Like, like I would pick a guy for LeBron, like to match with LeBron James and be like, fuck, I would have went with somebody else. Somebody that could have had more potential that I could have worked with. Kind that, of like that's a, a discussion. Kind of like a, hey, I wanted to go with Victor Oladipo, but the front office talked me into going with Anthony Bennett. Real quick, uh, what's more likely? They take the pick at eight or they trade it? Uh, package it with Kevin Love <laughs> and Tristan Thompson. No, they package it with Kevin Love really to just try with the Matt. really don't like Kevin no, Love. No, to move you? up with the Grizzlies. To two. Because think about that Grizzlies timeline. If you're rolling with Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley, you add Kevin Love out Jesus there. I'm just in Tyreek Evans. Like and Chandler Parsons. Is that not a, a, a number four, five seed mm, in the West? With their health, no. Four, five seed in the West. With their health, no. I know. And with JB Bickerstaff. But is that a team who would make the trade? Maybe. 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 We'll see. Uh, do they make the trade or they uh, make the pick? Oh, they're picking. All day, every day, because LeBron's leaving. Yeah, got to make the pick. <laughs> All right. Uh, let us know if you think LeBron's leaving and what prospects best fit the Cavs with and without LeBron James. Let us know <laughs> in the comments down below. Let's move into the final topic here on the Fast Break Podcast. Again, just real quick, check out patreon.com slash podcast if you want to be an, an MVP podcast, whether it's the Fast Break, the Primetime Podcast, the Onside Kick, the Ricky Giant Podcast, or even our monthly Patreon podcast. Also, check out mostofabpodcast.com if you want to check out some merch. But, boys, let's get into the final topic. We're talking about prospect needs for the Sacramento Kings. We talked just recently about the Cavs, and we also did a, a, a pick, uh, not a pick, uh, a topic a little bit earlier uh, in the season about why my Michael Porter Jr. is the best fit for the Sacramento Kings. We were doing a little bit of a hot take, just getting some uh, some names and, and teams flowing around. But it's kind of fallen to Michael Porter Jr. territory for the Kings where they've landed in the draft lottery. So right now, at this moment, with all the questions about his health, whether and, and don't bring up, you know, oh, what if he comes you know healthy to the combine? This is at face value what we saw in the tournament, what mm-hmm. we saw out of Michael Porter Jr. and his injury. At the slot, the Sacramento Kings are slated to pick 
Do they go Michael Porter Jr. if he's available? I would. And the reason why is in this league, the 76ers have shown, and the Kings, with one player, whoever they pick here at number seven, Mm -hmm. are not making the finals. Probably not even making the playoffs. So no matter what happens, I'd pick MPJ, even if I have to shelf him the year, give him that full year to get better, and then I get another top ten pick to add with him. I mean, that's... They could do it. They're, they're the freaking second. They're the Kings. kings. It's like, like if you're not winning the finals or going to the playoffs, why not? And I mean, you're getting a guy like the thing with Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. is before the injury, we were saying best kid coming into college basketball, gonna be the number one pick. Then the injury happens. So if I give him a full year so to you just say you're him, not playing. And you have Harry Giles rookie year being this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. So you have two number one kids out of high school. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of talent and potential, but both guys with major injury concerns. And and injuries. But, I mean, again, look at the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, well, maybe not totally the same way because, I mean, Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz still still performed in college. Yeah. Um, But still, again, they didn't have that performance in their their rookie year. Um, And obviously much different because both were number one picks, and these guys are going to not be number one picks if if they're Michael Porter Jr. and Harry Giles. But um, the one thing, again, it's it's something where if Michael Porter Jr. is available – for really any team, he's definitely on the board. It's just how concerned are you about those injuries? Mm-hmm. The red shirt idea is, is definitely out there, and I think that if he's on the board, I think that he can add a different level to this Kings team. You look at the starting lineup so far, clearly number one, uh, you know, the number one starter for the Kings going for the future at, at point guard is going to be Darren Fox. Yeah. At that two spot, it's going to be Buddy Heald. At that three spot... Bogdan Bogdanovich had a fantastic year, looking like a great three-point shooter from the outside, looking like a great 3-and-D player as well. Bogdan might have stolen away that three-spot, but we've talked about Michael Porter Jr., and some people yelled at me for saying that Michael Porter Jr. is a four and not a three. Again, this was taking what we saw from that Missouri game. He did not have quickness. He did not have that explosiveness that made him look like he could be a three in the NBA. So, right now, taking in this injury and taking what we know about Michael Porter Jr., he would play that for kicking out Scalabissier and possibly Harry Giles from that starting lineup. And then at the five, it'd be Willie Cauley-Stein, but also Willie Cauley-Stein's contract is coming up soon. And with the youth they do have in those bigs in scale, Michael Porter Jr., if they take him, and Harry Giles, it's definitely going to make that team have a ton of potential, but mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. it make it cohesive? If you're going for a cohesive Kings unit, does it still go back to Michael Porter Jr. in mind? Or are you going to go with a glue guy and maybe a Mikhail Bridges, a guy that can possibly play that three, and Bogdan, even though he was great, could possibly move to the bench as a six-man? No, I think actually Buddy's the one who eats bench on this one. Okay. Uh, Bogdan goes to the two, and Porter's just... There's something about this Kings team where I feel like they need a guy to put them over the top. If you add another guy like uh, Mikhail it could turn into a situation where they're a good, not great team. Like, that's where their development could top out at. If you don't have that one guy, like, De'Aaron Fox looked clutch as fuck at the end of the year. Like, he this didn't. kid looks like he could have something special. But if it was just as uh, that little bit of the Aprils that everybody sees, the April end of the season when everybody starts to have a little bit, you know, signs of hope. Like, Malik Monk didn't get to play all year, and then look what happens when they give him a little time. He's dropping shots from everywhere. I just get concerned when rookie players pop off late in the year like that because it's, I don't know if it's fool's gold or not. 
Like, it's I like think the team's kind of playing for nothing almost. I think De'Aaron Fox is a very good player. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, the best player on the team to lead a team to a championship kind of thing. No. But does he need to be? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm leaning more towards you go for a guy with higher upside potential the okay. question, and Michael Porter to be a star. But, yeah, I, I think Mikhail, like we said, I, I think he fits better as he he's a solid two on a team. I don't think he'll ever be a number one. The question is, do you I, – I get why you're putting Michael Porter – um, still available because in your mock draft you were the only one that had him available at seven. Mm-hmm. Do you still think there's no way the Bulls draft him? Because to me, I think if Porter's think there at six, he's gone. He's a Bull. Uh, again, if if you're saying that you're going to redshirt him, then possibly. But again, I'm looking at Michael Porter Jr. from what we saw mm-hmm. at Missouri. I understand that he can become healthy. He yeah. can become the player that we saw coming out of high school. But I did not see that quickness. At all, that that flexibility in his hips, mm-hmm. his ability to switch on defenders, his ability to move freely and flowly at all in any of those Missouri games. He looked slow. He looked downtrodden. And he looked massive out there. I mean, the kid's 6'11". Mm-hmm. Like, the kid's mm-hmm. huge out there. He's more of a he's, four in my mind than he is. Let's just be honest. The only reason he's this high is because Kevin Durant exists. Like, can we just say that frame-wise, that's what people are praying for? And, that, and that's been a, a, an early projection yeah. for him. Like, if he hits his absolute ceiling— yeah. It's that's KD. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what. Yeah. That's and, and with a shot as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's, I, that's the ceiling of Kevin Durant. So I mean, again, I, I don't mean, think he, he plays at three. Because I'm probably not. Because I'm sitting here thinking that with me, Michael, Mike, I entertain the question because you kind of asked it, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, there's no for sure thing that um, he will be gone. But in my mind, I mean, Zach, Zach Levine is going to be like he's been out saying that he really wants Michael Porter Jr. I think how the draft will fall out, the Bulls will take him at six. To me, it comes down to, if you're the Kings, do we go with a Mo Bamba? Because are we, do we think that Willie Cauley-Stein is going to be the guy at the five for the future? Or do they go with a three, like a if Mikhail Bridges is there, if a Kevin Knox is there, if a Miles Bridges well, is there? Uh, th- real quick, I mean, with the, the Bulls, just I want to throw this out there. Because if, if you're mm-hmm. going to draft Michael Porter Jr., because this is going to affect the Kings, so this is why yes. I'm bringing up the Bulls. If the Kings, if the Bulls are sitting there and Michael Porter Jr. is uh-huh. on there and Mikhail Bridges is on there, again, I know that people love the potential of Michael Porter Jr. And again, if he's healthy, but that's a lot of ifs. And also, if he's not healthy, his position in my mind is a four. Mm-hmm. Where's he going to play? Where's Larry going to play? Is he going? Is marketing going to move to five? I, from what I've heard, like the whole thing is to trade Rolo. So like, okay, trade okay, Rolo, but do you feel comfortable at marketing at the five? I, to me. It would this Bulls team take best potential available, and that would be Michael Porter Jr., whether he's going to be a three, going to be a four. And, yes, it affects the Kings, and that's why, to me, I think the decision for the Kings comes down to do we take a five or do we take a three? And I'm not gonna, Same thing I'm we not, just talked about I'm the Cavs. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that, again, mm-hmm. with the the whole you know take best player, uh, you yeah. know, best potential available. Again, I still think that mm-hmm. he has that high potential. He's my number one player coming yep. into this season, and that injury happened. Dave, do you think it's a little bit blind, though, just to say that, and, and, and I'm not trying to you know crap on what Ricky said, but I'm just saying, do you think it's, uh, again, a little bit blind to just say, we'll, fit, we'll make a fit that happens. We'll just go potential. Do you think it's a little bit blind, or do you think that you should just go potential in the NBA draft, especially when the Bulls are trying to find a star? I think a lot of the times people overrate fit. I think that that's one of the things we okay. kind of were joking around about during the NFL draft was, oh, well, I could see where that team needs that for fit. Like, th- there's logic there. With the NBA draft is, I want to say, it's like 70-30 potential to fit. Like, if this player could be a, you know, 
they're 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 top end if they fully fulfill their potential you know they're all all of them could be all nba all whatever but at the same time you have to look at like all right well where's the floor where's the expectation reasonably at where's the best case worst case like all that shit matters so that's why i'm thinking like fit at the end of the day like that that means that you believe that these people on your team are cornerstones will be there regardless of whatever happens with your organization your coaching staff those are the guys like if you're locked in with i mean for example a team the, the, the problem is this Kings team is so young. Mm. They've got so many guys who potential is there. That's why they drafted them. But out of that team, I would say the only guys who are like staples in my mind are De'Aaron Fox and Bogey. Like those two. I After, think you could throw Buddy Heald in. Because Buddy again, could be. Yeah. Thank, you for, thank you for putting some respect on that. Well, 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 real quick, I mean, Heald, Heald didn't start that many games. I think he only started 13 this, this year. Yeah. And he saw an uptick in his production. He was more pr- productive from the three-point line, went a little bit down from his uh, field goal percentage, was a better free-throw shooter. Uh, I think he also went up two points per game. I mean, he, he still was a little bit more productive. But your bench shooting bench. guard really shouldn't be a, a strong consideration in your draft. That's all but, I'm saying. But also, not, I mean, there's no this shooter was, that warrants a take right now, but still. This is also a focal point of, of, of a major draft in, in their mind. And again, Buddy Heald, before De'Aaron Fox was there, when he first came over, uh, looked it was like the Buddy Heald show. The, the guy. So I, I'm just saying that I think they were also trying to figure out the fit of having uh, Bogdanovich, having De'Aaron Fox, who struggled a little bit at the start of the season, but then really finished on strong 13 points per game, four and a half assists to steal a game, uh, 3.1 rebounds per game, shot 30% for the field, which for De'Aaron Fox is good, um, and then shot around 41% from the field. From the field. So again, De'Aaron Fox came on yes. a little bit at the end of the year. So again, you're just trying to find how these guys fit, adjustments to the NBA. That was Bogdan, Bogdanovich's first year in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That was Buddy Heald's first full year with the Kings. That was De'Aaron Fox's full, first full year with the Kings. You're going to yeah. have more adjustment with Harry Giles as well. Coming back to that, though, again, I think that Buddy Heald's safe on the team. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, think not, that I'm not moving Bogdanovich I'm just is safe saying on the that team. you don't avoid one mm-hmm. of the most talented players in the draft because you've got a guy who you think is safe. Well, and unless I've got someone who is a staple, well, like let's go KP. To this real quick. Okay, let's go to this real quick, though. If this is all about potential, mm-hmm. then why isn't Michael Porter Jr. already off the board in the top five picks? How is he even falling to the Chicago Bulls at six? If this is all about potential, a guy that was the number one player in high school. I said 73. Okay, okay well, but, but, this is, but again, if we're talking about potential, Michael Porter Jr., again, if we're saying his top end's Kevin Durant, even if it's near impossible for him to hit that, that yes. yeah, again, body-wise, if, if his top end's Kevin Durant, how is he not a top five pick? So that's why I'm saying Michael Porter Jr. might not be because there at 70%. Well, isn't here, I'll, for I'll, the, I'll walk you through it in my mind. Where how I had the last mock draft, the Suns, they're going to, like, it's pretty much all the inklings early on is they'd go with Aiton. Mm-hmm. So go with Aiton. Luca's He's a good fit, too. Luca's the clear two if Aiden goes one. Like, Luca's either one or two. So Grizzlies go that. With the Mavericks, yeah, you could go Porter. But you have Harrison Barnes, you have Dirk Nowitzki right now. So what are you going to just play? I, I don't you think you're play Michael Porter. But, but you're not worried about Dirk right now. If I'm going to draft for just a power forward, I'll take Marvin Bagley for that because he's a power forward and he's playing at that position very well in college. We'll then with the Hawks, it's you know I want to go with a big, probably center, a five four kind of a guy. But if go with but, Triple but J, why? but wait, do you think why? that Tony Prince Lawrence the, the, the Hawks pick? could be the first one that could go Michael Porter? Really? I just think they would because I think if if the Mavericks' plan is to hey well, let's redshirt the kid because mm-hmm. Dirk isn't for sure coming back next year, and also you shouldn't be worried about what Dirk Nowitzki is going to be doing. Mm-hmm. I love Dirk Nowitzki; he's going to be a lifetime 
Dallas Maverick as he should be. But, then but Dirk, sh- Dirk should realize that Michael Porter Jr. or drafting but, the guy to replace him is not a big deal. And but, if, again, this is all about potential. Let me finish. If this is all about potential, okay. why wouldn't Michael Porter Jr. be going? Then what do you do with the five? You're going to bring back uh, Salah because Nerlens ain't going to be coming back. Okay, but like, why do you need to address the five right agency. away? If this is about potential, I mean, why does it matter about the fit? This is, the whole, this is what the whole argument's about, is about potential. I don't think the Mavericks are the team. Like, I don't think, it, it all depends on what, not everyone's going to do the 76er um, mind, like, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, thought process yeah. of let's redshirt the kid. I, I don't think the Mavs and Mark Cuban and that whole well, they're not going to do that. They, they, they redshirted those kids because they weren't healthy to play. Yeah, it wasn't a redshirt because that was that, that was the, the plan. They redshirted because they weren't healthy. They I had know, the thought, Jr.'s not healthy. But that's they why had he won't the play. thought process like even with um, with Joe. Hey, he had some injuries in uh, college. Fuck it, we're going to draft him. And if he's injured now, we're he just going to sit. He was still that's hurt, yeah, and that's play. the thing. Like that was. I the don't whole... think Michael Porter will still be injured by the time we see the end of the combine. And that's the we'll thing see. of we don't they know. Could, I don't think so. They could do that. I don't think Dallas would. I think they would go with a Marvin Bagley. I think the Hawks would be afraid of that. Also, go do you with think the that Torrey Prince warrants? No, we can't draft. You know, we're, we're no, Torrey Prince saying, is our guy, no, so no, we're going to still. No, I'm not saying that comes into it. I'm saying they'd be afraid of that and then go Triple J again. Like you said, if we're going about potential. Drafting a guy like Michael Porter Jr. does not mean Torian Prince mm-hmm. can't play on our team. You right. can slide defensively Michael Porter Jr. over the five, John Collins to the f- uh, Michael Porter Jr. to the four. <laughs> I know where Sorry. you're going with this. Uh, yeah. John Collins to the five, and you could keep Prince at the three, and even then Prince could still come off the bench and be a six man. I mean, we don't know the top level of Torian Prince. Again, he was also on a bad team getting a ton of usage. Mm-hmm. So, again, mm-hmm. he looked like a real promising NBA player, but is he a starter? I don't think that's surely defined. I'm just saying, if and this whole the, thing, if this, if this whole thing's about need potential, someone to run that team, like run that offense. So then, why wouldn't Michael Porter Jr. be the pick? Because I understand Trey they have Young Aaron, can run it better. Who is a point guard? Like Trey but, Young but can if, run it better. If as the, the, point. the top is Kevin Durant, again, we're just trying to come back to. Well, Trey Young is Steph Curry. We're, we're trying so, to get back really. to the, the Kings. My point is, <laughs> exactly. is that Michael Porter Jr. If we're talking about potential mm-hmm. in the NBA draft, this kid is not going to be there for the Kings. Mm-hmm. He's going to be clearly off the board. Yeah. So that's why, and, and even then, I think Mo Bamba could even be off the board. Then exactly. Because of this potential. And I think that's one thing that if if they're going to be addressing the five, that's going to be Wendell Carter. If they're going to be drafting the three, it's going to be Mikael Bridges. Because mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges, again, is a solid player. But his cap that we've talked about is a two on a team. So is the pick, then if Michael Porter Jr., Mo Bamba off the board, um, we'll even say Trey Young's off the board. We'll say Chicago takes him. Mm-hmm. Um, if Mo Bamba, so you're saying Bamba? This video is going to get lots Bamba of love. Porter. Sp- what? Lots of love in this video. So you're saying Bamba, <laughs> Bamba Porter? Forget that. Bamba Porter, Trey Young are off the board, right? Ba- uh, one, Aiton goes to the Suns. Okay. Two, Doncic goes to the Doncic. Okay. Goes to the Grizzlies. Uh, three, we'll just put uh, Bagley to the Mavs. Okay. Four, Hawks go Porter. Okay. Uh, five, Magic go uh, Trey Young. Okay. Six, Bulls go Bamba. Okay. If that's what I'm dealing with right now, my thought process for the Kings then becomes: Do I take? Do I take Mikhail Bridges? Or do I go with a Wendell Carter? I would lean towards Mikhail Bridges. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would but, do. Because Wendell Carter, to me, fits more of that, not just, like, Mo Bamba fits just a five. Wendell Carter could be more of that four. I've got enough fours on this team that's so backloaded with, like, Scale, Rudolph, um, Harry Giles, to where I'm going to go with Zach Randolph isn't, isn't then, non, sca- then Scale non-star. and Giles, still. 
Okay. But the three is a little bit weaker. I'll go with Mikhail, who can contribute. But more. we just talked about Buddy Heald. We mm-hmm. just talked about Bogdan Bogdanovich. And then you're going to draft another guy. And, and Justin Jackson, who they just drafted last year. That's another three. Yeah. I mean, they, they have, uh, is this, Justin this Jackson going to pan out, though? He, was, he started 41 games for them. I mean... This, this team doesn't start, have a lot of talent. Exactly, and I so, think that Mikhail could be the one of the corner pieces. Now. So you uh, are you going with Dave's thing where you slide uh, Bogdanovich to the two and then you put in Bridges at the three? Yeah. Dave, are you in the same camp, or would you go Wendell Carter? Uh, I would likely stay away from the center. I, I like Charlie Colestine. Like I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. it, it's mixed on the King stuff that I've seen, whether they think they should resign him or not. I think a lot will depend on the price point. But I still think he's a quality five. I think he's athletic enough to run the floor. I think he's young enough to fit the timeline. I, I don't see any reason to move away from him uh, purely just to go take a swing at somebody else. So, no, I, I would go with the three. And according to Hoops Hype, we got uh, Cauley Stein 2018-2019 is going to be the final year, and they have a qualifying offer yep. uh, in 2019-2020. In uh, so we'll see what the, the, the idea there is with Willie Cauley Stein. Again, he's a really athletic player, but... Willie uh, uh, with Wendell Carter, he brings more to that team. I mean, Willie Cauley Stein, I haven't seen much outside of uh, you know another version of a, a kind of a DeAndre Jordan, where he's going to be a rim runner. He's going to be a guy who's going to protect the rim, and he's going to be you know running on pick and rolls and, and attacking the basket. Wendell Carter Jr. brings passing ability, brings you know more. I think adverse, uh, more uh, evolved game offensively, and I think he still brings. Defense there, I think he probably brings more traditional defense than being a traditional rim protector that you have at that five. Mm-hmm. And also, we're t- depending on Harry Giles, who again I know took the year off and is very promising so far, but we don't even see him in a game yet. So that doesn't mean yeah, he's going hoops. to really turn big around hoops. and scale. I think scale might be more of a bench player from yep. from what we've seen. And, and yeah. if and the talk is even from some Kings writers is that. Uh, Harry Giles, who again hasn't played a game, could even kick scale out of his starting position. Oh yeah, I'm so, already got that as a lock. Sorry. So that's the thing is, is, is that I think <laughs> like Wendell Carter. For. I think Wendell Carter might be more just more of a need because he's going to make your team more diverse. Where you know, if you look at a guy like Mikael Bridges, I already feel like Bogdanovich already plays that that position pretty well and already you know kind of fits that role of three and D pretty well. So I, I don't think you need to really address the three and D spot because you already have that in a Bogdan Bogdanovich, and you just drafted a guy who you believed coming out of college in Justin Jackson mm-hmm. to be a percent from three to be a three and D player. He's young. He's a he's a rookie. It doesn't it doesn't mean you can't get better from shooting threes. He's twenty three. It's true. He also struggled. <laughs> it took him four years to learn how to shoot a three in college too. And he forgot already. <laughs> You're not selling Justin Jackson. They also so. didn't have a, a true point. Like, Dar- Darren Fox, again, at his peak, was only averaging four assists per game. You know what this brings so, again, up? Th- there wasn't a ton of ball movement on that Kings team. Dave just, I wasn't going to say yeah, it, what's but up? Dave just made me think of, I was looking at the comment we got from Riley yeah. on our Baker Mayfield segment, and he goes, What does that every- do with the Kings? No, 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 just think about it. Right now, from what Dave just said with J- Justin Jackson, it's like every time Dave beats Ricky or Sean in a debate, take a shot. Alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Wait, <what's it? laughs> he said, "Every time Dave beats one of us in a debate, take a shot." Riley, Alcohol I love poisoning. you, my boy. I disagree on that one, but all right, my boy. I think I've beaten Dave plenty, and especially on the uh, on, on the live stream that we did. But uh, again, let's go back to the Kings because I feel like we're drafting, we're, we're shafting them here, kind of like when they picked uh, Georgios Papagianos back. Uh, like Bogdan is, is a ball hand, like he's a secondary ball handler. I think that's what you love to see out of him because he can split that load with De'Aaron Fox. You're talking about not having a true point the entire year because they're splitting the point, starting point guard role. I understand mm-hmm. that, but now with 
De'Aaron being your true one, Bogdan being the two. I like, I know you hate me for it, but Boogie, or Boogie, uh, Buddy Heel coming off the bench can take advantage of other teams' second units. His defensive woes are hidden well, better against second units, so he can be that, like, um, the match off the bench pretty much, get the team's offense, make sure there's no dip in that. That's why I keep looking. I'm like, but I don't. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that Buddy Heald won't be a starter. Yeah. Like, I, I, or will he be may a starter. or may I'm not sorry. be. It, I'm not saying yeah. he will be a starter. Uh, because, again, for the most part, Justin Jackson was beating him out for a starting spot. I mean, uh, I think Bogdanovich started the most games besides uh, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, so they played the one and the two. And then Justin yeah. Jackson played 41 Justin games. Justin Jackson or, got a good body, but the problem small is, forward. Like, like I said, though, the shot just did not fall for him. He, he ended the year pretty poorly. Uh, like he had mixed results. I'll, I'll just mixed results. Okay, let's answer this question. Do they have a star? No. On this team right now, right now, potentially, potentially Darren, Harry Giles. Star. Are you are you confident in that? Um, yeah, if they get him the right pieces, and I think Mikhail could be the be a nice three and D next to him. Dave, do they have a star? Do you agree with what Dave uh, Ricky said, and that if they put the right pieces around Darren Fox, he will be a star? Uh, I want to say yes, but he's not. He's, Why is he's that? not? He's not a star. Um, his shot from the outside is is going to take time. Um, I don't know unless if, if he can build it up to where he's a comfortable shooter. If he gets that three point shot to like thirty six percent, I'm just just a smidge above league average. Mm-hmm. Just a smidge above league average. You know, yes, he could be a star, but right now, from what I see, he's an awesome defensive point guard who is quick as lightning, can drive to the hole. Um, but at the same time, he's not a star. No. Well, and uh, maybe a little bit different players because one's a little bit bigger and, and De'Aaron Fox. But I mean, what you're pretty much describing is Rondo without the passing abilities. I was leaning more towards John Wallish, but sure. Mm, the speed is there. Okay. The ability to go elevate near the rim. But is he going to put up like the, 24 the a game number, and also like problem. 10 assists a game? That's the problem. So passing-wise, I think he can. The The okay. problem with passing was you got to have people who put the ball in the bucket, and he didn't have consistent roster put, up there. Or put the bucket in the basket. Put the bucket in the basket, as I, I would love say. Put the bucket in the basket. Um... So I think that's one of the things that contributes to it. You know, we we joked about the Trey Young, the the missing assists for his team's awful shooting percentages. I think De'Aaron Fox, not to that extreme, but I think that you know he'll be a six assist kind of guy. You know, comfortably six plus assists. I just don't see him being a guy who's going to be a uh, twenty plus a night score for your teams. So he's like he kind of a little bit worse, John Wall. A little bit worse, John Wall, but yeah. better defensively. Yes. Okay. But without the uh, the corners to nail down three, I yet. still go back to Rajon Rondo. Just worth passing, like dude. I don't know if you were there for like prime Rondo, but like that place holds a dear place in my heart. And like he was a are freaking you, monster. Are you taking prime Rondo as a, as a number one as a number one on your team? Are you taking prime Rondo? Or are you taking John Wall? I mean, John Wall's one less than prime Rondo. I'm just saying. No, I'm just fuck with you, man. Uh, so you, John Wall's a better player. But Prime Rondo could do number one on everything. the team. Oh man, it's tough. It, just it just no. say John Wall because it's John Wall. It's not because it depends on who's on your team. Even if Rondo's your one, you could have a good supporting cast. John Wall is showing right now with another All Star next to him and one of the most efficient three uh, wing players, three and D wing players, and Otto Porter that he can't win. So what does that tell you? He also only has three other players on the team. Anyways. The, what I'm trying to nail down mm-hmm. in the, this whole so an All Star that... and in one of the most advanced stat friendly players in the league and you can't win a playoff series and in how many years have you been doing this that's all i'm saying john wall is a fantastic 
scoreboard player, I think uh, amazing mm-hmm. statistically. But at the same time, I don't know if he's a guy who's going to turn the corner and be a they're, superstar and, and be able to win shit on his own because he has yet to prove that. They're rolling out a Morris brother and they're rolling out Marcin Gortat to help right. him as well. And there, there's no depth on the team. But what I want to say, though, is what I was trying to get mm-hmm. at with the De'Aaron Fox and do they have a star on the, pro- mm-hmm. the question there is if they don't have an option to take Michael Porter Jr. there and, and they're trying to address that three position, and we just talked in the Cavs spot, if you're trying to get a star at that three and we talked about Mikael Bridges being a two, Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Kevin Knox be available, or why wouldn't Kevin Knox be a thought process here? So if I would could, take because we talked for me, about, I would take Mikhail over Kevin. But, but we talked about that why. top end, and mm-hmm. if we're looking for a star, if you don't think hundred percent that De'Aaron Fox is going to be a star, that he needs pieces around him, I want to play Kevin Knox could be an interesting piece because he also fits the timeline. Because it's not like the Kings mm-hmm. are going to be winning in you know three or four years. I see Mikhail Bridges as adding to a team, adding to a one Answer and two already. Answer me this, and this is for both of you. We're going to play our favorite game here on Most Valuable Podcast: Blind Resumes. I can't and see them. So. You can't see them, but I just came up with it now. I'm sorry. Right, paint a good picture. But here's what I want you. Here's player one. So points per game. He's at, And you guys can write this down. Are these college? Yes, college stats. Okay. Um, both of them are freshman only, so one and done players. Okay. 16.7 points per game. Um, one and a half steals per game. Um, four and a half assists a game. Four rebounds per game. This uh, player shot 47 from the field. 52 from 2, 24 from 3. Do they play the same position? Yes. Okay. The second person is 19.2 points per game, 0.8 steals per game, 3.6 assists, 3.8 rebounds, shot a field goal percentage of 44.7, a 2 of 49.5, and a 3 of 33.6. Who would you take? Player one, player two. They played the full season. They played the full season. Player one played 36. Player two played 33. Okay. Same position, same height, nearly same weight. What's the height? Trying to— 6'3". So they play the same position? Yes. And they're they're in this draft class. One is in this draft class, one is not. So one's, one's De'Aaron Fox pros. from last year, and yes. one is Colin Sexton. Exactly. But who's who? <laughs> Sniff that one out. Uh, who had the higher points per game? Whoever, the Colin second player Sexton was, was the, player the second player was Colin Sexton. Yeah. The second one was Colin Sexton. Correct. Okay, my what's the point here? My point was, which one would you take? <laughs> we watched too much Player conference. A, player so, B. De'Aaron Fox. I have De'Aaron Fox on my team. I'm not going to draft no, another point I'm guard. I'm saying, like, the the point I'm trying to make is, like, I don't when know da- the point. No, no, no. When Dave Colin said— Colin Sexton carrying the Alabama team versus no, De'Aaron no, no. Fox. When Dave said he's not a star, do you think Colin Sexton oh. is going to be a star? Because if you think Colin Sexton is going to be a star, then De'Aaron Fox could be a star. That's my point. The only thing that's truly that different is the three-point percentages, I, where I, Colin Sexton does shoot a lot could, better from three. I disagree, though, because they're different players. I mean, De'Aaron Fox was there, taken because of his speed his, his mm-hmm. speed, and also his defensive that abilities. Lockdown defense. And, and, yeah. and what he did against Lonzo Ball, piecing him up. And also— Eating that ass. De'Aaron Fox had a— oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> his, what, not, his word's not mine. What, okay. is, what is with you and asses this week? Uh, first the onside De'Aaron kick. Fox now, said it. I know, me. but first the onside kick, now here— <laughs> De'Aaron Fox also had a much better team around him. So those stats are going to be completely different. You cannot just yep. say, oh, this guy had this and this and this. It's completely different players. I'm just trying. College like, sex- stats in college, very similar. I know each situation is different, but, but that's what popped it into Col- my head when Dave said, oh, De'Aaron Fox is not going to be a star. Who took the last shot for Kentucky um, to, to win that game against UCLA? I think it was UCLA. Last year. Well, then Darren Fox? No, it was not. It was Malik Monk. Okay. Malik Monk hit those big shots. The moistest shots. of men. Um, he was the go-to guy. He was the go-to scorer. 
Count Sexton was the go-to scorer on Alabama. He yeah, was the go-to scorer, scorer number one. Who else did Alabama have this Exactly. Year. That's yeah. the point. And Count Sexton proved that he can be a go-to scorer. Mm-hmm. And Count Sexton also proved that he can be a go-to facilitator. I love De'Aaron Fox. I think he's a great player. But my question is, is he going to be a star? I don't know and if my that's true. Is, yes, I would he re- could be. He will be. And I don't know. Not a superstar. Not like a top ten player, but not a Giannis, star. Not a, okay. yeah. Yeah. I think Kevin Knox has more of that ability. So that's why I would say at that seven spot, mm-hmm. Kevin Knox is also on that board. And and over Miles Bridges. I would say if we're looking at filling in that three spot for the Kings, it's going to be, and I think the probably the three prospects, again, mm-hmm. if Michael Porter Jr. and Mo Bamba are off the board, the three prospects in this order, in my mind, for the Sacramento Kings, Kevin Knox, Wendell Carter Jr., Mikael Bridges. Wow. To, to fit the Sacramento Carter Kings. over Mikael? Whoa. To fit the Sacramento I mean, Kings. No, because I think I you need a star and you're, first, but and you're wow. getting that potential there. Again, this is just for the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. And this right. is not because of a billboard, uh, a big board. <laughs> yeah, a billboard. billboard. Uh, this is not because of a uh, mm-hmm. the camera shut off, so sorry about that. Uh, but we're, this is a good conversation, I think. Uh, again, this goes back to the, the, the position and the potential and mm-hmm. the need. And I think that getting more star potential is going to help your team because this team is still very young. Scale hasn't proven anything. Harry Giles hasn't played a game. De'Aaron Fox just had his first year. Buddy Hill just had his first full year. And also, so Justin Jackson Bogdan just is, had their full first year. You're going to still have time for Kevin Knox to develop. Me, That's why I would go with him. Let me ask you this then. You say, oh, well, De'Aaron Fox is, let's say, not going to be the guy because he, let's say, let's say what you did, never took the shot in college. No, I'm saying, I'm wait, saying wait, wait, he wait. could be. But, but let me just go through the thought process. Could Buddy Heald? Buddy Heald was that guy in college when he was coming out. A completely different player. Again. But is he going to be the guy for the Kings? No, he's going to be on the bench. going to take that we shot. Just, the reason they're taking a three is because Buddy Heald's not a starter. Yeah, but Buddy Heald's going to play the two. Okay. Buddy Heald ain't going to play the three. He's going to play the two. Okay, then and we, we just said that a better if, two on the team is Bogdanovich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the That's thing. the question. If, you, if you're with Bogdan at the three, then you could roll with Buddy as a starter, but it depends on what they want to do. Like, for a reason, because Justin Jackson's bigger, they've rolled him out there as a starter for the three. That's, mm-hmm. that's you know, his starts. And so, Buddy provides scoring off the bench. Exactly. I, I which think they didn't fit, have. I think fit-wise, it works out for them well. I would I would flip your order, though. I still think that I'm, I like, I would take Knox over Wendell. I would okay. still say um, McHale... Knox, then Miles, Wendell. Okay, I, Miles is. I, I don't. I'm having a hard time finding a good role for him on this team. I think he for becomes. Yeah, I think. I think for the Kings, he's a, he's a tiny bit redundant, and, and you don't you don't need him. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be a bad pick, but mm-hmm. it's just I, I'm finding a hard time trying to find a spot to land mm-hmm. him. Let's bring this off. Uh, the, the camera's off. Let's just go real quick. No matter. Uh, let, let, let's kind of take you know Michael Porter Jr. back in here, Mo Bamba back in here. Let's say it's seven, Michael Porter Jr., Mo Bamba, Kevin Knox, uh, Mikhail Bridges are somehow all available. Let's just throw it on the floor. Which need are you addressing more? Michael Porter Jr. at the three or the four possibly, uh, Mo Bamba at the five, or are you going to go with uh, Kevin Knox or Mikhail Bridges? Say, let's say those four sure. players are on the board. It, it's a choice between, like, the three we just talked about don't matter. It's between Mo and Michael, and I'd probably go Michael Porter. Just because of the potential reason, but it would be hard to pass on Mo Bamba because of the questions with Cauley Stein. Seventy thirty potential versus what you proved. Seventy percent of potential for Michael Porter is still an insane amount to take him, even if he doesn't look, you know, silky smooth. I'm in. I meant to give me a one two three. Ah, uh, so, yeah, so Porter's my one two. Porter, so Porter's my one. So, Porter, so we're one Bamba, Porter, 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 Porter
So we're going Bob Lightyear Mikhail. two and yeah, then Mikhail at the three. Yeah. I would go Mikhail at the two, Knox at the three. Wait, so you're not going Mobamba. You're not dressing that five. I would not touch the five yet. Okay, I'm going MPJ. I'm going Kevin Knox. I'm going Bamba. Okay. For, for this Kings team, just fit-wise. And I think also you're totally taking in potential. Kevin Knox still has potential. He's yes, just going to take a while, and I think he fits this timeline. I don't know if he's going to take a while. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Kevin I think Knox he's going to take, he's he's take... He's got a better body. He's got good wingspan. He's got the ability to be a scorer on a team, like a primary scorer for mm-hmm. stretches. So We talked about this I don't before. Know. But there's a, reason he's going, there's, a, there's a reason he's going outside he, the top He 10. fell off after, like, he was clearly taken off of the number one from his team mm-hmm. after partway through the year. So I think he's also limited yeah. right now in the game that he has. So I think he has to develop more moves. I think he has to, kind of like what Miles Bridges needed to do, uh, a little, little bit better of an athlete for sure. Uh, but Miles Bridges consistently was going to the same moves over and over again. Kevin yeah. Knox is doing you the same thing. You could almost predict Miles. Yeah, so that, that that's the thing is is Kevin Knox be, needs to become more of an offensive scorer. He has the abilities to be a great scorer, yeah. but he needs to to, to develop uh, those abilities. Ricky, you want to say anything final? The only thing I was going to say is I see Kevin Knox as a better fit for the Knicks. Yeah, and I know we already talked about the Knicks. But if he fits the Kings, then. I think he fits Scott. the Knicks better a little bit with that potential. No, but, but the Kings are for us. No, I know, but I think the Kings... <laughs> it, well, no, the Kings, it's between, for me, Porter and Bamba. So right, right. Yeah, and know. he's got yeah, knocks but, at, like, five or yeah. something. Yeah, I'm, so, again, I'm just, I'm just saying, like... Again, if, if the Kings, if we're going yeah. back to the original thing mm-hmm. where Bridges on the, McHale's on the board, Wendell Card's on the board, yeah, still Knox's on the board, again, but I'm just saying, yeah. if the Kings feel like, you know, Kevin Knox is still a good fit but for them. But you're asking me who I feel like, which would be McHale. Did Dave, any final thoughts? <laughs> no, I just, this was a great conversation, boys. All right. Uh, again, like, uh, like. I'm like, a man. I'm 28. What? I'm quoting Mike Gundy. He's 40. But I'm not 40. I'm 28, though. I'm not 40. Uh, if you, some, for some reason, want to like this podcast, uh, <laughs> give us a like <laughs> After down below. all of that, if you're still listening. Uh, rate us five stars uh, on iTunes. Uh, this was an interesting fast break podcast. Uh, this probably sure is, happened. is why we were here from 11, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, last night. And this running is the hangover. At uh, 7 p.m. Anyways, uh, if you have any thoughts down in the comments below, let us know about the Kings, the Cavs, the Pelicans versus the Warriors, and also our wet boys. Again, don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes, the onside kick. The Prime Step Podcast, the Fast Break Podcast, the Outcast. They're not on iTunes yet, but check them out on YouTube. And then also check out Rick and Johnny on iTunes and rate them five stars. Um, also check out mostofpodcast.com if you want to check out the store. And check out patreon.com slash mostofpodcast if you want to be on a podcast or if you want to get a monthly Patreon podcast or ask us questions at that $5 tier. But for Dave Oster, Ricky Weber, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.